Welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and this week we are finishing our conversation with CEO of Innovator Industrial, founder of Amplifier, and author of the industrial sales solution, Don Cooper. And I'd really like to start off this episode by giving everyone listening a bit of insight into the experiences that led to the creation of this book uh, before getting into the final stages of how it can absolutely transform the way they sell. So Don, why don't you tell us about the early days of the industrial sales solution? Yeah, I, I come from a place where I was a tech, I, I, I was one of those technical salespeople that I mentioned, um, where uh, I was a technician and uh, I was, I was asked, go find business or, 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 or fall layoffs are coming. And I had to figure out how to, who are the right people to get in front of, what kinds of conversations to have, to create those opportunities, to track those opportunities, and then, and, and to, then to bend, figure out how, did I, how do I bend win probability in my favor so that I could um, have a way to measure how much I was gonna win. Because when I was pushed into sales 26 years ago now, it was in uh, 1994 when I was said, go sell. Um, there was no sales training. There was no sales processes. You know, I, I went and I bought every book and every audio program I could to try to figure out what is this whole thing of selling. And through that, I, I just, you know, I, I didn't realize it was a process uh, in those early days. It felt a little bit awkward. It felt a little bit gimmicky. It felt a little bit, you know, I think 25 years ago, industrial selling was the same as it is today, but it shouldn't be. Uh, it, it was very much felt like, I don't know, like uh, used car sales. Uh, felt a little bit uh, manipulative or, you know, you had to have a game face on. But what I've discovered is that, you know, selling is, is a step-by-step -step process where you can have authentic conversations, understand who the players are, the stakeholders with your clients, and they are all very different, understand what they care about and use how you and your business are different to position yourself to win way more business than anybody else in your space, whatever space that is. So is that supposed game face really necessary for salespeople then? I mean, if they have the proper tools uh, and all the knowledge needed, then they should just be able to sell without being a different person. They're naturally one person and then they've got to sort of pivot and be something else. And everyone can spot that lack of authenticity. I think you just need to be genuine. You need to be you, um, but you need to be you with a process and a plan on how you're going to, how you're going to help uncover how you can help clients. I mean, ultimately it, you know, the, the name selling is not manipulative. Selling is if it's done right, you are, discovering what clients want, then you're doing a little bit deeper to uncover what they likely need that they might not even recognize, coming up with the best plan that is gonna create the best value for them and, and then delivering on that uh, and doing it in a way that where you, you, it's collaboration, multiple people with the client are involved with multiple people in your organization and the salesperson should simply be facilitating a lot of conversations uh, with a lot of different, um, a lot of different people. Uh, one really, you know, 
it's obvious to me, but you want to talk engineering, the salesperson can have some good initial conversations around your engineering, but there's a point when you need to have engineers talk to engineers. And I, and I call that like rank selling that, you know, engineers should talk to engineers, your safety department should talk to the client safety department, but you as the salesperson should be uh, facilitating all those conversations so that the objectives of the project are being met and that you're creating the right value for a client. So, um, so a lot of, a lot of the sales process is being a great investigator to figure out who all the people are, what they care about and how you can help. And throughout all of this, that really is what it always comes back to you helping them so that they can help their company help others. But how exactly do you prefer to measure that? There's a dozen measurements of, of, of selling that, that every organization needs to do from understanding what are the, the types of conversations, the right types of channels, the number amount of opportunity creation there, you know, something as simple as, you know, understanding how you measure velocity sales velocity is a calculation of, you know, how many opportunities that you have your, the, the average value of those opportunities, um, your win rate, all divided by the age of those opportunities. And, and that velocity calculation is predictive of how much revenue a given organization or a given sales team or an individual salesperson is likely to do in a given month, a given quarter, depending on how you, how you calculate. And, you know, if you have a velocity dashboard, it's highly predictive of what your revenues are going to be. Um, win rates are really important to measure. Uh, your outreach, you know, there's a lot of leading and lagging indicators that people fail. Everyone wants to know, well, how much did you sell? But long before how much did you sell, you know, is how healthy is your, your funnel or your pipeline of opportunities? Uh, how many did you create this week, last week? Um, you know, I, I figured out one simple measurement in our industrial business that we measured uh, a range of data across um, 5,000 pieces of business. And, and, and the one simple metric that was telling of our likelihood of, of achieving our, our revenue objectives uh, was how many, uh, how many customer facing meetings did we have each week? So I, I won't get into every business is going to be different on that. We have a particular number. We know exactly how many times we each salesperson in our organization needs to be in front of clients. Um, and that gives us a starting position because from there we can measure effectiveness. Um, but getting people to the right level of face time with clients and you can step back from that and go, well, how did they get that FaceTime? What kinds of prospecting, calling, outreach activity did they do? We know exactly the levels of, of, of outreach that they need and the kinds of messaging. And that's sort of the front end and the back end of the process. But in the middle, we talked about the value pyramid and the value pyramid is sort of just a, you know, it's a point of truth where if you're not very different, if, you're, if your value pyramid uh, ratings are all ones or twos. Don't think that that's a bad thing. It's really good that you have a starting position. What you do then is you use a tool that we have called the difference circle. And it's a tool to help you uncover why you are different, why that product is different, why that service is different, why uh, you as a company are different. And you can create three unique differentiators for every one of those categories. And that 
that process of uncovering your, your unique differences becomes the basis of a lot of your conversations going forward. So you stop communicating about sameness and you start communicating on your range of differences. And so the difference circle is a tool, it's a seven step process for you to uncover, not just why you're different, but connecting it with why it's valuable for your prospective client. If you're a relationship salesperson uh, and you know, you've got all of these subject matter experts in your business, uh, often those relationship guys go, well, I, I'm not comfortable selling until I know everything that Don knows. Well, Don's been doing this for 26 or 27 years. You're never going to know everything that Don knows. As a matter of fact, Don's probably forgotten most of what Don knows. So you're never going to get it back. But you can extract what I call the 51% of what you as a salesperson need to know from a subject matter expert. It's not 51% of everything that's in Don's head or anything that's in John's head. It's the 51% that you need to have to have a confident, engaging conversation uh, with a client. And so we have a tool called the Expert Extractor, which is a way for uh, you to ask, uh, have a conversation with each of your subject matter experts and, and effectively ask uh, 30 questions that uncover everything you'll ever need to know uh, that is in the head of that subject matter expert. It takes about two hours. Um, we have a, a worksheet and a process for you to go through that you can uncover why you're different in welding or why you're different in fabrication or why you're different in leak repair or hot tapping or in, in compressor maintenance. And we can help a relationship salesperson quickly uncover that technical expertise that they need from a, from a conversational standpoint. And it doesn't have to be for the salesperson. It can be the company that uses the expert extractor to create this body of assets that can instantly plug in new salespeople. And because what you're trying to do is get them ramped up to speed as fast as possible. Uh, once you've kind of figured that out, then we have step-by-step -step processes for how do you build what I call single target market lists, lists of people who are likely to be high, you know, high, highly likely prospects for you in your business in a particular segment. So you can target if you are a welding contractor or you are a compressor contractor, you may have a particular product or service group. We can help you with the list builder, develop those specific single target market lists. Who are the 50 or 200 or 500 out of the 10,000 potential people that you could be talking to about that particular group, that service or product or group of products so that you're increasing your probability of finding the right people. Um, so many salespeople will take, you know, every single person that works in a facility and there could be two or 3000 and they're dialing for dollars. They're looking for anyone who will talk to them. When in reality, hidden in your business today, you know who 20 or 30 or 40 of those people are through a variety of tools that we'll teach you how to use that you can uncover that. And then using some other tools, you can expand that 20 or 30 people into the 50 people who are at that refinery or at that power plant, who are the people your salespeople should actually be talking to as opposed to calling everyone and getting a whole lot of, not my department, I don't take care of that, I'm not interested in all of those reflex response and objections that you get. And once you kind of develop those lists, now we can teach people how to develop the right messaging and to have a cadence of how you outreach to customers. 
So it's an interesting statistic that I think salespeople might be embarrassed to hear. Sales managers might find it insightful and owners will go, oh, really? For a new customer, when you're reaching out to someone because you want to have, an, have a sales conversation, uh, on average, it takes eight to 12 attempts in, in reaching out to them for them to just make first contact for them to finally answer the phone or to reply to your message it takes eight contacts, eight to 12 contacts. Most salespeople give up after uh, 2.5 to 2.8 attempts. So somewhere between the second and third contacting attempt, they stop. And that's why they have such poor uh, results with getting in front of new, new customers. It's because they think, well, I called the guy, I sent him an email and I left him a voicemail. I guess I'll wait for him to call you back. The reality is he's not going to call you back. He's busy. He has a plant to run. Uh, he has his own projects to run and he isn't thinking about you yet. So we, we have a, a, a process um, where we teach people to use multiple channels uh, and a, over the course of a month, stagger the way that you communicate with the lists that you've built to, um, to bend win probability in your favor and, and get a much higher connection rate and a much higher meeting rate with, um, with your prospects. Once, we, once you have a meeting, we teach people how to, how to conduct that meeting uh, so that you actually have a plan in, to go into that meeting and uncover how you can help. What, what is that customer really trying to accomplish? Where, what are the struggles they have? And, and so the difference is the best way I can describe what I've seen from a lot of salespeople that I've coached and worked with is most salespeople get a meeting with a client and they go in and they have verbal diarrhea. They puke all over the client's table with, here's the 40 things I do. And, and when, when they leave the meeting, I'll say to them, well, what did you learn about the client? Well, I told them this and I told them that and I told them this. I said, well, no, I, I didn't ask them what you said. I asked what you learned. And I, often they, they, won't have, they won't have learned much uh, because they, they went in with an agenda to tell a whole bunch of information. And, and you kind of got to flip that script. And 80% of your conversation with your client needs to be planned and it needs to be asking them questions so that you can search for a fit with how you might be able to help them as opposed to trying to force a fit and forcing your own agenda on them. If you just go in with a very curious mindset and a plan, generally eight to 12 questions that you want to ask that are really going to help you narrow in on how you, uh, how you want to try to uncover a, a fit for you, you and your client. And then, and then, Really, only 20% of your conversation should be you giving some information. We teach two specific methods uh, in our process. One is, is, is a, a focused meeting plan. That is, as I said, developing questions around what you're going to ask, what information you're trying to get uh, to understand, and then ultimately what information you're going to give and always asking for a next action. And then we have another version of that we call the risk conversation, where we help the, your sales team uncover what's really going on from, with your client, from the client's perspective. Once you've found opportunities, the, uh, the eighth sort of part of our book in chapter eight, we talk about what I call the SOS sales plan. The SOS sales plan stands for uh, strengths, 
obstacles strategy. And in that is really the framework for how you manage that opportunity to ensure that you win, figuring out who all the stakeholders are, what they care about, the right the kinds of conversations you have with each of those stakeholders, and then identifying, you know, one of the things that I, that so many salespeople struggle with is objections. Hey, I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of things in my way here. Um, objections are the fuel that every, every opportunity that's won is won through figuring out how to, how to uncover and address objections. So the, the SOS sales plan is a structure. It's a sales management tool for managing an opportunity so that you win as many as possible and, and understand when you can. So all of those become the, the entire industrial sales solution from the value pyramid through the different circle, the expert extractor, uh, the list builder, the prospecting plan and the prospecting cadence, two types of meeting plans that are really focused on having the right kinds of conversations with clients and then managing those opportunities. And then finally, developing a scorecard on how you measure your sales team and your sales predictability so that in the end, your sales system is predictable and scalable so you can look at it at any time and see, hey, I need to improve sales. I can look at what we need to do to improve sales. And it isn't more training. It's often, you know, we're not getting in front of enough clients or we're not doing enough outreach or we're not having enough effective meetings with clients. And our dashboards allow us to uncover, is it frequency or effectiveness at outreach, at customer facing time, or at managing an opportunity that you need to uh, that you need to get better at. Uh, and often it's a little bit of both. It can be frequency in one of those areas um, and it's often effectiveness. And uh, in all of those areas, we work with salespeople, sales teams, and, and we coach them in how to be more effective at prospecting, how to be more effective in client meetings, how to be more effective at managing opportunities so that ultimately they're winning bigger opportunities, they're winning more often and they're growing their sales velocity in a way that their entire company can win. So this process and these solutions very much come from plenty of your own experience. It was developed over a long period of time. So why write a book on it now? I'm a CEO and an entrepreneur and I wrote this book because I had so many people tell me, hey, you should write a book on this sometime. This isn't a theory. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't invent this process overnight. This is what we do in our business. Everything in the industrial sales solution book is the highlights of our selling system, all the steps that we take uh, inside of our own business. And, and, and I've, been, I've been refining and, 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 and polishing and evolving this process for um, more than 20 years. Um, I, I first sort of had the revelation of sales as a process um, in 1999. And the, the foundation of the SOS sales plan, I started to implement um, in, in 1999. And what astounded me was in that particular year, uh, I applied that thinking uh, and that method to seven large opportunities. Uh, these were multi-million dollar opportunities. And I just decided I'm not going to apply this. I was experimenting. I'm not going to apply this to everything I do. I remember at the time I had 44 pieces of business that I was trying to win. 
but there were seven that were sizable. And I applied the SOS sales plan to all seven of those. And over the course of the next six months, I won all seven. I had a hundred percent win rate and I was sold that sales is a process. I wrote this book because uh, I've been using this process for a long time. I talked to so many of my colleagues who are uh, in sales, in sales management and entrepreneurs, lots of industrial entrepreneurs, and they all struggle in this area. They all struggle with, uh, with industrial selling. And, uh, and it doesn't have, it is not a mystery. It is not unpredictable, um, but it's not for the faint of heart either. Um, I would say, um, and, you know, when you ask me, who does this apply to? I think it applies to entrepreneurs and managers of small and medium size uh, industrial companies. And I would say medium size is medium size complexity. I've sold $40 million individual pieces of business with this process. So it isn't about small transactional deals. So lar larger pieces of business can be sold um, very effectively using this process. And it's good for sales teams and it's good for sales managers. But I would say only about 20% of those will actually do it. This requires some buying in that selling is a process. And if you, if you don't believe that selling is a process, this won't work for you. If you, if you buy into that selling is a process like anything else in business, then this is a process that you can apply to your business, have it up and running in, in 90 days uh, or so, and really start to see results quickly. Um, I did a lot of work to develop our process and the, the, the biggest test for me uh, was taking a, a technical person, in this case, it was a piping coordinator who worked for us. And uh, I felt that he had a personality, he had a kind of a relationship style personality, but I'd never sold, but he was a technical guy. And over the course of six months, uh, I taught him step-by-step step these processes. And within six months, he was selling uh, at, at plan. And within 18 months, he was our top performer and he had never sold before. And now he is, um, he is one of the converted. Uh, when, whenever I talk with him today, he is following uh, our prospecting cadence. He's following our list building process. He's following our SOS sales plan. He religiously refers back to his dashboards to understand how he is doing and understanding what he needs to adjust to make his sales engine per better. And, and he's able to self-manage and self-predict because he's just plugged into the system. As, a, as another friend of mine said to me, uh, this shit works. And there you have it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. If you'd like to download your own free copy of Don's book, The Industrial Sales Solution, then you can do so anytime by going to AmplifierX.com and heading over to the book section, or you can go to TheIndustrialSalesSolution.com. For any additional info on this podcast specifically or anything else that we do here at Amplifier, you just need to go over to AmplifierX.com or click on any of the links in the show notes. Don't forget to rate this podcast. It really does help us a lot. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Amplifier Podcast.